shoot. Welcome to Liberty FM, the podcast dedicated to all things New York Liberty. I'm Felicia, and I'm joined by my co-host and husband, Francois. This is episode 19, recapping game two between the Liberty and the Mystics. This was a nail-biter that went to overtime, so let's get into it. Francois, how are you feeling today? I know I felt tired waking up this morning like I played in the game. Um, I don't know. My blood pressure was so high. This was a roller coaster of a game. Yeah. What a game. I mean, whether you're a Liberty fan or Washington Mystic fan, the tension at the Barclays as they speak, wow, it was incredible. Incredible game. A playoff like we want to see between two great teams. Um, so it was something to remember, that's for sure. But thankfully, uh, the outcome was good for us as Liberty fans. But uh, we knew that it was going to be a tough game. Uh, it was win or go home for the Mystics. So literally, they had to give everything they got uh, in order to not uh, go out. And Natasha Cloud had made sure her assignment was going to be to defend 40 minutes against Sabrina Ionescu mm-hmm. because she felt that their defense in the previous game was uh, subpar and they allowed Sabrina to shine. And, oh boy, she really took that seven eye heart. The way she defended on Sabrina mm-hmm. from the get-go and also on offense, it was probably the best game of Natasha Cloud's career. Uh, and it could have been close to being an historic performance to give uh, the win for the Mystics, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to give kudos. You may think of Natasha Cloud as the villain, and she don't <laughs> mind being called the villain, but she came to do her job, and she did her job. I know they didn't get the win, and we are happy as Liberty fans that the Liberty uh, won this game, but this game really could have gone either way, and Natasha Cloud was at the helm for the Washington Mystics leading the way. I mean, she pretty much, she had the highest score for both teams. So, mm. you know, points scored. And so she she really put the team on her back offensively and defensively. And she definitely, I'm sure she was a pain in Sabrina's side <laughs> the whole night because she, she didn't let up, you know. And it wasn't until maybe towards the end, I feel like, she wasn't on her as much, but yeah. man, she stayed on her hard. Like <laughs> I don't know if Sabrina had a chance to breathe. Really, she was trying to fight through all that, all those plays, trying to get a shot off, and she got some shots off. She did get some points, but it wasn't compared to what she got in game one. Yeah, I think sometimes you don't realize when you watch the game on TV, but for us who were at the Barclays, it was really incredible to watch. Like. Natasha Cloud was non-stop mm-hmm. from like the start of the game on defense on offense she was like giving 200% and I don't know how she find the energy to play like that pretty much the whole game but you know even if we're not rooting for the Mystics it was it was a beautiful thing uh, thing to watch and to be honest even at some point uh, Sandy Brandello said after the game that they literally had to use Sabrina and Vandersloot as decoys because they knew they were not going to have the same level of freedom and the same ability to sh- uh, uh, shoot freeze just like in game one. So you knew that Sabrina was not necessarily going to have like a 
29 points performance, uh, but maybe a more all-around uh, performance, which she did. And uh, uh, what, what, what I was expecting in this game is to have a more aggressive uh, Stewie. Uh, and even though her field goal percentage was still kind of shaky, she was definitely more aggressive and, and try to not force shots as much, but really try to attack the basket unlike game one, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, the focus, you know, game one, I feel was more about Stewie, and that set Sabrina off. Um, and obviously, Benija as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Benija is <laughs> the grounding force of that team. But in this game, in game two, it just seemed like the Mystic strategy was focusing. I mean, Natasha Cloud was on Sabrina, but they definitely double teamed her a lot throughout game two, which gave Stewie a little bit more mm. freedom. And on top of that, Stewie being more aggressive in this game, you know, she was the leading scorer for the team. And so it really helped to free up Stewie a little bit because yeah. now, yeah, like Sandy said, like later on they realized it, but basically... Sabrina was just a decoy, and mm. you really had to rely on others. You had to rely on everyone else contributing, whether it was Benija, JJ, Stewie, and then from the bench you had KT, You um, and just performances by everyone there. You really, you just see that the Liberty came together and grinded out this win. They had moments where it seemed shaky, We'll yeah. get into that. We'll get into the second half for <laughs> but, sure. <laughs> but I will say, you know, to start off with the, the first half, the Mystics definitely came out strong, Nata- le- being led by Natasha Cloud for sure. Um, but the Liberty started to get it going, even with Benija and JJ. And that's one thing, and Stewie. And, you know, that's one thing I will say for them going forward is they need to get, in particular, those three going all the time like mm. Sabrina's going to be a focus for defense because of that th- of her three-point shot is just going to be what it is and so obviously the focus might be more her and Stewie at times and so you need people like Benajia you need to feed Jonquil Jones in the paint you know she even JJ I mean the, she had what eight rebounds eight or nine rebounds in the first half yeah, she did and so, you know, you you got to give it up for JJ, too. What a performance by her. And, and just seeing everyone do so well all around or fighting for it um, so well all around. Yeah. I have to say, though, that it took a long time for the Liberty to, you know, give the ball to John Quell in the, in the yeah. paint and for her to post up uh, Irons Allen because, you know, the matchup, it was favorable for the Liberty, mm-hmm. and it was only with six minutes left in the second quarter that JJ got a first uh, post up, uh, and then from that moment on, I think that you know we knew that it was going to be something that the Liberty had to focus on. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't do it, um, you know, as consistently as they should have. Um, and when you look on the other end, the Mystics were playing on their strength, like mm-hmm. Natasha Cloud attacking the basket, giving the ball to uh, Deladon, and if there was a double team, punishing uh, the Liberty with an open play. So, you know, I was definitely confident uh, seeing JJ uh, scoring on the inside and also being a dominant force on, on the boards. And then towards the end of the second quarter, like, things were, you know, were flowing for the Liberty, like Sabrina started making uh, a shot, 
the Liberty started to be more patient offensively mm-hmm. and turning the, you know, having ball movement. So at the end of the the second quarter, the Liberty were up by 11, and you felt like confident that oh maybe. You know, it's not necessarily going to be a, a stressful night that, you know, they're confident of their force and they're going to get the job done. But what before we look into the third quarter, and that's something we've discussed quite a few times, and we noticed that, you know, being at the Barclays, we can notice that, is that every time there's the halftime show, and then there's about usually about seven, seven minutes, minutes mm-hmm. of, you know, downtime for teams to come back on the court and warm up before the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And very often, the Liberty come very, very late, you know, usually two, three minutes Mm -hmm. uh, before the start of the third quarter. And it was very striking this time around because the Washington Mystics came back literally like almost like eight minutes before the start because they knew like, you know, we're down by 11. We needed to make sure to get ready to warm up and get, you know, get going in the third quarter. The Liberty came with like Two like two minutes. And very chill. And so, you know, sometimes you think, oh, it's not that much of a big deal. And, you know, they need the rest in in the locker room or just like, you know, take a breather. But when we saw how the third quarter started, you couldn't help thinking that it played a part in how this third quarter started, right? Yeah, I it was definitely a question that I had. I'm not sure if, you know, coming out a few minutes before the second half begins is a huge help for, for most teams, but you can tell that it, I mean, any of practice is a help to yeah. some degree, at least to, you know, get warmed up and, you know, to see the mystics on the court. I mean, immediately after they were taking the lights and all that stuff off the court and the mystics were right behind them to get back on the court. To, to warm up and do a little practice like and I was surprised because I was like wow it's still just it's like nearly eight minutes and then you look up and it was just like maybe just hitting about the two minute mark and the Liberty starters I would say some of the bench players were out on the court already but the starters didn't come out until the two minutes and they really only have a minute to warm up because at that point that last minute, all the teams are going back to their benches and, you know, getting their coaching and having their their thing with their coaches. So I was surprised that they came out so late. Um, and then it showed in the third quarter. They There was no movement, barely anything. And you could just tell, like, uh, I don't know if they thought they were up by 30, <laughs> but I'm like, this is 11 points. Like, you know, a couple of threes. From Natasha Cloud or Sykes or Atkins, I mean, it could it could throw this whole game. And basically, they it just seemed lackluster in the third quarter. I mean, looking at the box score, the Liberty won the first two quarters and the Mystics won the last two quarters. Yeah. And so that's what brought the Mystics back into this game. And the Liberty, you know, even if they had some open shots, they just weren't going down. And, yeah, there was just no ball movement. And we just kept saying, like, man, get it into JJ. Like, this is your bread and butter. You know it's typically Heinz Allen on JJ. And she wasn't, for me, JJ has to stay in the paint. She just, like, that is her bread and butter. She should stay in the paint. She will be so so much more dominant. I feel like she could have fouled out a couple people yeah, like before yeah. the game ended. Had you been really feeding it to her the whole time, and so 
it was just bizarre to watch. But then at the same time, you get this sinking feeling like, oh, man, are the Mystics going to take this game? It's yeah. like, you can't take game two. And then also reading the stat that the Liberty were, what, 0-9 for game two uh, playoff appearances. <laughs> so Things were not looking great it wasn't statistically. Looking, it wasn't looking good. And then, you know, it was just... The, the Mystics just kept coming, and it just seemed a, a host of errors for the Liberty and just a lackluster performance, and they tried to climb back. But, yeah, it was, it was a weird start to the, the second half, for sure. Yes, definitely. I mean, I was very frustrated with um, the third and fourth quarter with the Liberty. Like, we've been accustomed to their ball movement, and it felt like they were... I mean, it's you could argue that, you know... The Mystics defense was suffocating them, but it was also a lot of just like dribbling for a long time, mm-hmm. not really passing the ball and waiting like the last few seconds to get going. I mean, what was, uh, you know, uh, striking was um, coming from a timeout when the Mystics had, you know, come back 57 to 54 and coming out of a timeout, like, the Liberty didn't realize that they only had like, you know, maybe a dozens of seconds and Benajah Laney um, had the ball and literally didn't realize that there was only two seconds left and yeah. and then didn't take a shot. And that, you know, at that level, at such a critical game, um, that was that was not good enough, even though Benajah was great all game long uh, as a team overall. Um, you know, we kind of let the Mystics gang back into this game. And I got to also talk about uh, the rotations mm-hmm. and the minutes that the starters had. You know, we had talked about this in the previous game, especially in regards to keys to the game and what we felt like San- Sandy was going to do. And you look at the minutes, I mean, the starters played tons of minutes and Sandy barely rely on the bench. I mean... Um, you know, you had KT that probably had the most minutes uh, with like 12 or 14 minutes. And then uh, you had Marine Johannes who had only four minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not like a random player. She's not like yeah. someone that cannot, you know, play at this level. I mean, she played, you know, at the highest level in Europe. Uh, so I'm sure she could, you know, uh, manage... Uh, such an important game and it's not like she was inefficient uh, mm-hmm. for the four minutes she got to play I mean defensively she was holding her own she she was uh, she was good uh, offensively she only took one shot she missed it but like you can't do much in four minutes and at some point um, I, I told you this uh, you know when it was happening so you know obviously uh, Vandersloot needed a breather because she had to play a lot of minutes but she decided to replace Vandersloot uh, with Katie to bring some uh, defensive presence. But then you only uh, had Sabrina as a point guard. And knowing the pressure that uh, yeah. Natasha Carr was putting on Sabrina, that was going to be tough for Sabrina to just, you know, taking the lead as the point guard. But they actually decided to have Benajah as the point guard for those minutes. And, you know, Benajah can handle the ball, but I think she's more efficient when she has to dribble from the three-point line to attack the basket, but not as the leading point guard, especially with Sykes and and Cloud putting so much pressure. And and during those minutes, like, it didn't last for very long. It was about two or three minutes, but the lineup was, you know, was a little shaky, you know. So 
Um, I felt like Sandy could have trusted the bench a little bit more. Mm -hmm. We know that obviously, you know, it's hard for someone like Nia Saboli to get a lot of playing time. She's a rookie, um, and you're not sure how she will handle right. handle that pressure. And then Willoughby, you could argue that. You know, she would bring a, um, a lot of presence defensively, but offensively, they might let her open, and, and mm -hmm. we don't know if she will make those shots or not. So, But I think that in this case, too, um, you should replace a guard, or you needed a guard out there. And yeah. to me, when Sandy would have, you know, Marine come in for either Sabrina or Vandersloot, you know, it just, it worked better because Marine plays, she plays well with Sabrina. They're, yeah. they're used to playing together, but she did get into a rhythm, her and Courtney Vandersloot. They started to get into a little yeah. bit of a rhythm this season. And I think if you replace Vandersloot or Ionescu, you need to put uh, Marine out there. Yeah. Even yeah. if you have KT out there and you have Benaja, you should put Marine out there because... And she, she can handle the ball a little bit better, I think. You know, bringing it up, you know, she can do all those things. And, yeah, it's, it's odd why you only have her in there for a couple of minutes. It's almost like she has her in there. It's like you have her in there for just a few minutes to see if she can do something spectacular and then take her out. Yeah. You know, like there's some games, kind of like the previous game with that they played with the aces and um uh the coach over there was like you know she's like a little sniper yeah, she comes in you know she comes in and before you know it she's already diced you up and then she's gone and yeah. and sometimes that's good but four minutes is not gonna cut it like you need her out there and she can defend i mean she got back to her assignments very quickly i, th I think she deserves more minutes because as this playoff run keeps going those minutes on on your starters it's gonna wear them down and yes they're ready for it yes but you also have you have to protect sabrina she's dealt with an injury or maybe i don't want to say it's an injury but she's had mm. I would say maybe like an achy hamstring, something mm. going on there throughout the season. Working her like this, I just, you know, and even she just came off of a calf thing. So it's like, to me, it's like you should use your bench more yeah. and trust them more. And obviously the Mystics are a tough team. So I, I get why she wanted her starters really out there fighting. But for future, I think this next playoff run, she's going to have to use her bench more. Yeah, I mean, especially when you consider that the Mystics uh, had a larger rotation than, mm -hmm. than the Liberty. So, I mean, you, you could argue that, you know, I, you know, you could use all your stars to make sure you win that game. Because if you win that game, then you have pretty much like a week uh, mm -hmm. or, you know, less than a week to rest. But you have pretty much a lot of days uh, until the next round. Um, but if it backfires, then you end up yeah. with a third game in DC and with some players that might be gassed a little bit. So, uh, in the end, it worked out. So, you know, you gotta give props to Sandy, but I, I definitely felt like, you know, Marine could have had more, more playing time. And, um, you know, we reaching the fourth quarter and to be honest, we're starting to get really worried. Oh, yeah. uh, because not only did the Mystic uh, came back from that 11-point deficit, but with about five or six minutes left in the fourth quarter, they're literally taking the leads. And they had at some point like six or seven-point lead. Um, and the atmosphere is suffocating. You feel like the Buckers, 
yeah. with the different uh, entertainment stuff, doing timeouts, is trying their best to keep the crowd going. Mm -hmm. But you could tell that the people, you know, we're not gonna lie and, and pretend that we were comforted all throughout. Like at some point, we we were kind of scared and and oh, yeah. like very like tense, you know. Um, and you see the the mystics playing with confidence, hitting those shots. You know, Cloud on a mission, continuing to score. Basket after basket. She had some acrobatic Yeah, shots like some there. layups where she's like <laughs> those reverse layup in front of JJ. And, you know, there was that play that really frustrated me where at some point, I don't know if it was regular time or uh, overtime, my emotions were all over the place. But at some point, like, uh, Deladon had the ball, you know, on the post. And Stewie decided to double team mm -hmm. um, on Daladon, uh, uh, which left Natasha Clyde completely yeah, on her own. Mm -hmm. And Homegirl has been cooking the whole game. She's the hot hand of the game. She's the hot hand. So you do not want to let this nope. woman shooting freeze with the performance she had in that game. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, little details, you know, obviously there's a lot of tension, there's like fatigue um, that makes you sometimes do things that you wouldn't normally do. But at that very moment, I felt like the, the momentum was literally shifting uh, in mm -hmm. favor of the mystics. But, you know, that's probably the reason why. You know, they brought all those players that, you know, the, the general manager, Jonathan Coves, brought players like Stewie, like John Cole Jones, like Van der Sloot. They are accustomed to those moments, yeah. those big moments. And so, you know, even though I was worried, I was like, deep down inside, I was like, I feel like, you know, they have the players to, you know, shift the momentum and make a comeback. Mm -hmm. And they did, you know, they started feeding JJ. Uh, more she was incredible scoring really like baskets when the team needed it the most I know Stewie started getting going as well uh, at some point Benaja you know decided to attack the basket and you know Sloot didn't back down you know yep. uh, a field goal percentage this season has been up and down but I always feel like when it matters the most she makes those shots and that was very reminiscent of uh, Van der Sloot of two seasons ago in the incredible playoff she had with the Chicago Sky and so at this point it was back and forth between the Mystics uh, and the Liberty and uh, uh, you know we had a chance to take control of this game but unfortunately um, very shaky in those crucial moments where we turned the ball over uh, Natasha Klaas stole the ball got foul scored the two free throws uh, the Mystics are up 76-74 and then at some point uh, on the other end uh, Stewie uh, gets the ball she misses the layup the ball rolls over the, yeah. the rim forever Miraculously, the, the the Liberty get the rebound. They pass the ball to Sabrina, who gets fouled. And there's about, I don't know, maybe 10 seconds left or something nah, like that. There was about... Nah, there was close to... It was like 20-something seconds okay. left, yeah, for sure. But you're like, okay, Sabrina is our best free throw shooter uh, of the team. She's like 90%, so, you know, she's going to, you know, make buckets. She misses the first one. Mm -hmm. The crowd is gasping, like, wow, what is going on? Mm. And so then you wonder, like, what should you do? Because you make the second one, that's a one-point lead for the Mystics, but they have the ball, so you have to foul them. They'll probably make the free throws. That's a three-point game, and then, you know, you really don't have control of the game. 
and so she misses the second one but the trajectory of the ball it makes you think that she missed it on purpose and she did confirm after the game that she made it she missed it on purpose in a way that could give them a chance to get the ball and Stewie mentioned as well after the game that her and John Quill looked at each other and decided to cross path in the paint to make it really confusing for the defense. And John Quill Jones got that ball, incredible rebound. She was the player of the game. She was the player of the game. She saved them. I mean, and nobody really want to say it, but we gotta give props to John Quill Jones. You know, she was the person that saves the Liberty in that game. Whether you want to post a picture of her or not. Uh, after the game on Twitter, uh, you know, talking about ESPN, she was the player yeah. of the game. And that rebound, if she doesn't get that rebound, the game over. is pretty much over. They mm-hmm. fouled John Cole Jones. She had missed a couple of free throws in the first half, but she didn't miss those two crucial free throws uh, to tie the game. And then miraculously afterwards, the Liberty managed to you know, tying up the defense and not consider. But can I just head. say that it was there are a host of errors in this last minute. It was a wild scene and being at the Barclays, you have to understand everyone is out of their seat because you know it's just a <laughs> couple of points and it's like, oh my gosh, this is go like you're thinking the mystics the mystics could take this game and we're gonna have to go to a game three. And at the same time, you're like, come on, Liberty, we can do this. So, yeah, watching Sabrina, and I'm sorry, it was about 15-ish seconds or so, but, like, watching her miss that first foul shot, it was, like, so surprising. I think everybody was just quiet because you just did, you were like, she missed it. Oh, no. And then watching Jonquil take, get that rebound, get fouled, make those shots, tie it up. And then I was telling you, I was like, well... Do you try to foul somebody who's not a good free throw shooter to get the ball back? Like, what do you do? And then the next play, we're thankful to the Mystics because it was was just a botched play. A bad pass from Cloud to Sykes that went right out of bounds. Ball to the Liberty. And the Liberty, well, even after that, another host of errors. The Liberty got the ball back. Nobody wanted to win that game. Nobody, yeah. Sloot tried to get it to... Stewie, it went through her legs, and then Sykes got it with a couple seconds, but she wasn't able to get a shot off, so we went to overtime. But that, the last minute of that game, I have to say, I know whoever's listening out there, if you were watching or at the arena, I felt like I was going to have a heart attack, because I was like, man. It was crazy. Like, I had to literally, like, you know, hold you for quite a few times to hold my breath. I had to sit down. I was like, this is intense. And, and to make it worse, I felt like the, the Black Kids play a couple of, like, videos on the Jumbotron to add more tension. Yeah. You know, they were, like, having that, that sort of, you know, action kind of type of uh, music. They were showing, like, clutch plays and clutch mm-hmm. moments, uh, you know, to add some tension as if we didn't need, you know, as if we needed that at that very moment. I was looking at the people around me, like over like season ticket holders and in you know, the newer uh, fans, like everybody was just like you know gas and, and and blood pressure was super high. So you know only sports can give you emotions like this, and you know that was definitely the the best playoff game uh, so far this season. And um, yeah, like the the overtime, I felt like you know. And maybe in a way, you know, the overtime, for some strange reason, I was feeling a little bit more confident because 
I was like, okay, you know, you have a little, you know, break, you know, before the start of the overtime. You got mm-hmm. players of experience. For some strange reason, they decided to go with Britney Sykes on the the jumbo for, to start the overtime. Yeah. Uh, she can jump really high, but I didn't feel like she was going to beat mm-hmm. John Jones. So it gave her the possession right away. And I felt like, you know, the, the Liberty attacked this game at this overtime the way they needed to. Um, you know, they reverted to Brianna Stewart, uh, John Cole Jones. Now, I mentioned the Venice Flute shot with Benaj uh, um, attacking the basket. It was actually during the overtime that, that it happened. And so, you know, I felt confident, but those mystics, man, like, they would not give I up. I mean, they're relentless. And so, you know, obviously the mystics know if we lose this game, we're out. At least they're trying to win it to get it back on their home court, you know. So they're going to do whatever they can. And they were doing that, you know. It was just, thankfully, thankfully the Liberty had a couple of key shots in there. And I think, you know, moving forward, I just hope, they look at film and you know do what they do but for these next for this next playoff round i need jj to get down in the paint i need stewie to get i think you know depending on who they're it matched depends up on with, the match up definitely so. you know whether it's uh minnesota or connecticut you know they got to get in the paint more especially jj you know there was one play by jj i think it was the only play of the game where she was pretty much at the top of the key and she had the ball and there was space to get to the basket and I think she realized she can dribble down to the basket and she made that and she made that shot and she made that layup and I was like this is what I need to see more of yeah. even if JJ's at the top of the key take take them on you know and she did that she took on Heinz Allen and she got that shot down and so that's what you need to see more of because the the Liberty yes they're three-point shots once it starts raining threes, it can be a barrage of threes. Except that for for this game, for this that game, was probably it was not. the worst uh, performance. Yeah. I think there were four for twenty-one or twenty-three. But I will credit. I will definitely credit that also to the Mystics defense. They mm. they played them tight. They played them well, especially at the three-point line. And so I will I will credit that. Yes, they had some missed open shots as well. But you got to give kudos to the Mystics defense. But I will say that the one thing they have to get better at, and I don't, you know, if you're going to do that in the next playoff games or not, but you got to continue to feed JJ. You got to get down hill and, and penetrate. Like you can't just stay at the top of the key all the time looking for a three-point shot. And it's tough. The Liberty rely on moving the ball. They definitely had... Uh, some moments where they move the ball so beautifully, whether the shot went in or not. Um, and that's their bread and butter. But there's going to be times in these playoffs where the three-point line is going to get blocked. It's, it's going to, you're going to have some strong defensive, defensive teams out there and they're going to need to find other ways to get to the basket. Yeah, no, um, I'm going to share a quote that I thought was great. Uh, Lucas Kaplan, who's a, uh, a great journalist that follows the New York Liberty and the Brooklyn Nets. And he was saying, um, you know, on Twitter, his quick takeaway from the series, he was saying that the Liberty's offense built on side-to-side ball movement and mm-hmm. quick, aggressive ceiling uh, was historic in the regular season. But the Liberty don't have a ton in the way of downhill dribble penetration. And they met the league's best POA defense in the first round. 
And so he continued by saying a really important first playoff test for an offense that's more radical than people may realize and that it will be interesting to see how this ages uh, should this team stick together for a while. Uh, And he ended up, and I think that's the key, uh, they can play some defense. And that definitely was what won the game besides obviously a great performance by John Cole Jones. It was the defense. Um, when things were not necessarily working great on offense, they knew how to rely mm-hmm. on defense, and they had the stops that they needed. When you saw that, you know, especially the first game, like the first, I remember the first quarter of the first game where, like, they allowed the Mystics to score too, way too easily. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it, it, they, the same thing happened in this game in the first quarter. But when they didn't need, needed stops, they, they they had those stops and overall you know we got the win 90 to 85 um and uh yeah you know you wouldn't have believed like that it was the first round right it was almost like a semi-final or a final this really should have been a, and again like i think sandy said this as well the mystics are not a seven seed they are only a seven seed due to injury that is it it is not they are not a seven seed they are definitely top three Mm. for sure they that's the team you played they were missing one person and if Shakira Austin was in the lineup I would think it would get real dicey for the Liberty because the Mystics played them toe-to-toe yeah (laughs) they would have definitely had a matchup for John Quill Jones and yeah what was interesting I saw uh, Shakira Austin actually tweeted, "If only." Yeah, and that's that was the tweet. It's true because if she was in there, I think she that's definitely. A different series. It's a different series. She is tall. She can take on. She she's great defensively, and she would have been a force um, against JJ. Thankfully for us, we got the series win. But look out for the Mystics next year because yeah. with that team, it it's going to be tough. They are definitely top three easily. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of questions for the Mystics. Uh, they have quite a few uh, uh, unrestricted free agents. And obviously, figuring out what they're going to do with uh, Daladon, who mm-hmm. is on the max contract. Obviously, she's one of the best players um, of the past decade. But, you know, the last few seasons, she was injured a lot. She played, I think, something like 51 games uh, on, you know, maybe a potential 130 games over the last uh, three or four years. So, you know, spending max contract on a player that plays so little, but could be, obviously, when she's yeah. healthy, so dominant. That's that's a lot of questions that the Mystics will have to figure out. And I felt like, you know, I got to give props to Natasha Cloud, though, because, yeah. you know, she says she likes to be the villain, and I definitely understand why. You know, when, when she waved us goodbye uh, at the end of the regular season, um, I was I was mad. I, I'm not gonna front, even though I felt like you know what, it's not that important. Like that game didn't count, mm-hmm. but she did wave us goodbye though, and she enjoyed you know being the center of attention and being the villain. But I gotta give her props. Not only did she get hundred percent and almost beat the Liberty, uh, almost pretty much by herself. Yeah. You know she, you know her post game interview was you know beautiful to watch, and I really encourage you to. Uh, watch it if you find it on YouTube, but you could see the emotion that she had, you know, when she was asked about, you know, her role in the organization and how, 
you know she the mystics were the only team that you know uh focused on her and and you know decided to take a chance on her mm-hmm. uh eight years ago coming from college and you know she won a title in 2019 she gave everything to this organization uh blood sweat and tears and she was literally in tears where when she was talking so even if you're not mystic fans uh you you gotta respect the the hustle and how she played and gave everything the the liberty crowd recognized that and you know applauded her when she uh left the the court i think that's what got her emotional yeah the the love and respect she got from liberty fans but what i really like though is that she gave her props to sabrina yeah i know like there was tension was running high during the game they were staring down and and stuff and and i know her and and britney sykes always kind of Gave a hard time to Sabrina those past mm-hmm. couple of seasons, uh, just to test the world, see yeah. what this this woman is made of. Yeah. But she gave her props to Sabrina because Sabrina overall in that series had responded to uh, the challenge that you know Natasha offered her, and and I love that you know real recognized real. Uh, she saw that Sabrina is a baller and responded and you know, give her flower at the end of the game and at, at the post-game conference. And, and I love to see that, you know. That's when you gain respect by showing, uh, you know, showing up on the court and none of the rest or whatever people say would matter in the end if you show up on the court. Yeah, you know, you know, for Natasha Cloud and Brittany Sykes, because even at the end of the game, you saw um, Brittany Sykes hug Sabrina and, like, hold her and she was saying something to her. Obviously, we yeah. don't know what was said, yeah. but... You know, it just it just looked as if she was just encouraging Sabrina or just you know giving her respect and all of that, and it it, it was a good embrace. And so you know, you see these things, you don't know what was said, but it it looked like an overall good encounter. And then to see just Natasha Cloud, you know, in the press conference, and she is a player you want on your team. Yeah. Period. I mean, she would be great with the Liberty, but I I don't see her signing for a different team than the Mystics. She talked about the Mystics, like, taking a chance on her and keeping her around and being part of this organization and them having her back. You need to keep having her back because she put the team on her back last night. There is no question. And she deserves her flowers. She deserves all... She deserves everything because she did it offensively, defensively. Defensively, they just came up short at the very end. I mean, yeah. they only lost by five points, and that was in overtime. Yeah. And so, you know, it. you got to give it up to her. She is a player I would want on the Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> I would want her there. I would even want Sykes if she was available. I'd be like, these two, you might hate them being their opponent, but on your team? Those are two players you are going to want on your team because they drive this game. Yeah, now it just uh, reminded me of that play towards the end of the fourth quarter where the Liberty were up by three, 74-71. And we felt like maybe we're going to get that win. And at some point, Natasha Cloud attacked the basket, uh, missed the shot. Stewie kind of sort of bounced the the ball. But if you look at the replay... Natasha Cloud is fighting for the ball as well and kind of push it she to Britney Sykes in that corner. Corner three. Mm-hmm. She made that shot. You should have, like, when I rewatched some of the video I took from the game, the whole crowd is mad. They're mad because Britney Sykes, you know, she literally shushed the crowd after she yeah. made that shot. 
And so those are the kind of players that just like annoys you like so much uh, if you're not rooting for them and their team. But boy, they, they definitely put some entertainment out there. You those know? are players you got to keep on your on your squad. You know, it for the Mystics, they'll be back and they're going to be tough. They're going to be a tough opponent um, next year. There's no question because they have excellent players over there. And so they're going to be tough. Yeah. Definitely. So we moving to the next round. Believe it or not, the first time since 2015, yep. which was ages ago in uh, basketball time. So we're definitely ecstatic. And so as we're recording this podcast, uh, the game between Minnesota and Connecticut just started. So we do not know at this very moment who the Liberty are going to face. We know on the other side of the of of you know the playoff. Uh, the Las Vegas Aces are going to face the Dallas Wings, and that's going to be a heck of a series as well. Um, you know, I feel like Dallas, besides the Mystics and the uh, New York Liberty, is the team that could challenge the Las Vegas Aces. Mm-hmm. So I definitely feel it's going to be an interesting series. But then when you look at the two opponents that the Liberty could face, whether Connecticut and Minnesota, obviously, you know, we don't know until things will happen, but those are two matchups that I think are favorable for the Liberty if you yeah. compare it to what the Mystics offered as a matchup. We beat the Connecticut uh, Sun four times in the regular season. Uh, obviously, one of the game was tight and went to overtime. Uh, the Minnesota Lynx beat us once. We beat them uh, twice. Um, but that last game was, you know, spectacular. We beat them by close to 40. Yeah. Um, now, I feel like the, the Minnesota Lynx, they need to have a tremendous performance from the Fisicalia and Caleb McBride yeah, for them for sure. to have a slim chance. But I think also, um, you got to remember, this is now the playoffs. And yeah. although the records were favorable for the Liberty in the regular season, it's a whole new ball game. And so, you know, yeah, I would think this matchup is favorable either team you get. Um, But the Liberty can't go off of what they did in the regular season because just like I think it was Stewie that was saying this previously that it resets. Yeah, You have to look at it as a reset. Like the teams come harder. Playoff basketball is a different beast. And people are going to play their best brand of basketball. And so you can't. You can't sleep on Connecticut. Yeah, you may think Minnesota might not be a threat, but no. I would say they could still they could still be a threat to the Liberty, but if the Liberty can play the defense like they've been playing defense and play their game, play to their strengths, if 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 it goes that way, they they can pull this out and get to the final. But you can't go off of in my mind, you can't go off of the regular season. That may help you, but you don't know what the game plan is come come postseason. Yeah, but what a what you know? There's no better way than the first one, like the one we had, to prepare you for the next round. Though. Yeah, I feel like the next round though won't be as intense because you got five games. So yeah. You have to win, you know, best of three. So um, it could it could be, but I do feel like the Liberty facing the Mystics in the first round it was such I don't know like an anomaly because it just shouldn't have I just felt like that's not a seventh seed like yeah. you know the Mystics are not a seventh seed so it just felt like this should should have been a, a semi <laughs> instead of first round this should have definitely been a semi game and so 
I don't know. I think this next round may feel a little bit more even, if you will. Like, it might give a slight edge to the Liberty, or it might be a little more... I don't know what relax might be too. Oh, too they're much they're of not time. gonna relax. It's playoff time. No, they shouldn't relax. <laughs> but what I'm saying is the intensity of it might come down a notch because that intensity level, you don't have a Natasha Cloud or a Sykes. You do have Alyssa Thomas in Connecticut. Yeah. And you got Bonner. Those two can turn it up. Yeah. And yes, for Minnesota, you got Nafisa Collier and Kayla McBride. So it, it depends. It really no, depends. Uh, it would be definitely interesting. And so uh, that game, uh, game one, uh, would be on Sunday at seven o'clock. Uh, what seven o'clock? Uh, nope. One one p.m. I wish it was a little later than uh, one p.m., but it would be on Sunday. Uh, game two would be on Tuesday at eight o'clock, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then the third game uh, will probably be two or three days later to be determined the the time. Um, I haven't checked that out. But first two games that we know would mm-hmm. be at the Barclays. And, you know, just to finish, you know, for the people that said that, oh, nobody cares about the WNBA, nobody's watching, blah, blah, blah. The am- amount of celebrities that yeah. were there at the Barclays uh, yesterday, uh, you know, where should we start? I mean, the amount of people that showed up from half of the Nets team... Fat Joe. Fat Joe, Swiss Beats, Carmelo Anthony and his son. Julius well, Randle, even though they didn't Ju- mention they it. They didn't the show Julius Randle because you're in the Brooklyn, you're you're at the Barclays. You're not in the place for the Knicks. So even though he was wearing the New York Liberty hoodie, though. Yeah, but he's still a Knicks player. They're like, no, nah, we're not showing you. Um, Jason Sudeikis. Uh, Jason Sudeikis, who's been there on and off throughout yeah. the season. And previous games, you just yeah. we there's been quite a few, and I think as they keep going um, on this playoff run, you're probably going to see some more people show up. So yeah. it it's a good turnout, and definitely you know people care, people care about the WNBA. I mean the the atmosphere was electric, and I don't think I've ever witnessed that before. Even for you know no disrespect, we love our Brooklyn Nets as well, but you know even yeah. you know I've, even with the Brooklyn Nets, I don't think I've experienced such an atmosphere. Yeah. And you also have to mention like like the Liberty community, like it brings people from so many different backgrounds or way of life, of life yeah. works of life that. I don't think you will find out anywhere else in the world. It's a microcosm of the of the world at those mm-hmm. Liberty games. Yeah. So that makes it really special. And it's family fun too because yeah. you got a lot of kids. You got, I mean, there's just so much. And even though they may not fill the whole stadium because they tend to um, block the the upper level off only if it's like certain games they might open up the oh, upper level me, they will open it yeah for <laughs> the finals they definitely should especially if if the liberty get there and if it's the aces like they usually do when it's the aces they open the upper level and it's packed it's going to be insane and even with just the lower level being full to see the towels everybody getting into it everybody going i've been to plenty of nets games we've even gone to a playoff game mm. watch playoff game nothing beats it and it like the liberty like i'm sorry like just the lower level packed out of the liberty Noise level has no. beaten what we've seen at Nets games when you have both both levels open. Yeah, I think the only maybe 
uh, games that match up that energy were the was the that infamous uh, playoff series between the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks when, yeah, when KD was carrying the, the team yeah. on his back. That's probably the closest or the loudest besides Liberty Games uh, I've, I've ever experienced. So, you know, we don't want to completely, like, shed the, the Nets, but... No, we, the, still, we still love the Nets. We still love the Nets, <laughs> but please, if you listen to that podcast and haven't been to New York Liberty Game, you got to check it out. And right now is the best time to go because mm-hmm. it's playoff time, baby. And we'll be there on Sunday. Uh, we'll record uh, a podcast uh, after uh, game one of the second round. So thank you so much for uh, listening, everyone. And Felicia, as we always say, let's let's go, go Liberty! Liberty!